And so like my left brain CPA, like literally like smoke is shooting out of my ears, man, as I'm like thinking about dreams and like, what do I want my life to look like? And I mean, be, you know, free around money and free around time and calling my own shots and do what I want. I got really excited about it. And I just looked at that and I looked at my vehicle and I'm like, is Anderson gonna get me that ever? Is this vehicle gonna get me what I want? Podcasting from Wealth Wave Studios in Johns Creek, Georgia, this is Leadership Now, the official vision and strategy podcast of Wealthwave. Super excited to be with you guys today, and I think that says a lot about our companies. We have people who have been here for a long time, almost 20 years like me, Tom and Bill, longer than that, Scott, longer than that, and we're still excited. We're here where most guys in our industry are looking for the golf course today. They're trying to find a way to get away from it. And so I'm jacked up about the next level and the next chapter and a little bit about my background. I grew up in Loveland, Colorado. Does anybody know where that is? It's about 60 miles north of uh, in Denver. And growing up in my house, my parents just struggled. They struggled over money. They fought over money. They divorced over money. They um, worked their entire lives trading time for money. My mom passed away at, at 64, worked her entire life, saved 10,000 bucks. My dad miraculously made it to 87, passed away this February, and he basically died broke. And, and you know, the five leading killers in the United States today are all stress-related illnesses, and I can't really prove it, but I think financial stress was really the root of what, what got them. And so what did I do? I took their lead. They said, you know, go to school, get good grades, get a good job with good benefits, don't rock the boat, don't take risk, and when you're 65, you'll retire. Anybody get that story growing up, right? And so, so never really worked for them. I went to Colorado State University, got serious about school, and then I uh, moved down to Denver in 1993, and I went to work for what was then the largest accounting firm in the world at that time called Arthur Anderson. Great firm, kind of got involved in Enron a little bit and kind of blew up on themselves. I didn't cause that, by the way. Um, but, um, but, but they loved, they loved me because at a little, as a little kid, my dad said, if you want to get ahead in life, you need to do what? You need to work really hard. And, and unfortunately, that formula didn't work out for them because I think you got to be in the right vehicle. And so for basically seven years, it was wake up, go to work, come home, go to bed, wake up, go to work, come home, go to bed, wake up, go to work, come home, go to bed, rinse, repeat, 70, 80, 90 hours a week. And, uh, but they gave me great travel benefits. I used to go to Elko, Nevada, Riverton, Wyoming, Scotts Bluff, Nebraska, Tashkent, Uzbekistan. These aren't places you want to go. Um, and then really my turning point there was uh, we had a crazy deadline. I was working for a publicly traded mortgage company, and we had a, a deadline. It was a filing after Easter Sunday, and we were way behind. And in my house, Easter, was that's my mom's holiday. Like, that's her deal. There's no way I'm working Easter Sunday. So I was supervising a group of eight people, and I just kind of took it on to myself. I'm like, we're going to get done. We're not working Easter Sunday. So I was leaving the office at 1 in the morning, coming back at 4 in the morning. So I did 120 hours in a six-day period. And if you've ever worked that hard, it's totally insane. You're just aching, and I'm slamming coffee, and literally this vein on my arm is just pulsating, right, with caffeine coursing through my body. And, um, but we got it done. And so I got home early one night on Saturday at 11 p.m. And there was my brother sitting there in his chair waiting for me because he was like lighting up my phone and leaving me messages. And because I was, you know, I was getting home after he was in bed. I was leaving before he got up and he, he thought I got kidnapped. He just looked at me, had this look on his face of like exasperation. He's just like, whoa, what happened to you? Like, dude, are you selling drugs? Like, are you like, like, did you get kidnapped? Like, I don't even know what's going on. And I got a little self-righteous and kind of felt like he was getting in my kitchen. And I was just like, 
you know, man, I'm, I'm busy, <laughs> right? And I'm, I'm important, and, like, I'm needed. And unfortunately, for the middle class, that's kind of our calling card, is if we're busy and needed, we feel like we're actually getting somewhere. And in hindsight, I was really running 100 miles in the wrong direction. But the gift that my brother gave me that day was he woke me up out of this hypnotic trance I was in. And I'm a, big, I'm a big reader of Napoleon Hill who wrote Think and Grow Rich, and he talks about this concept called hypnotic rhythm. And basically, about 80% of our thoughts today were the same as they were yesterday and the day before. We don't really ever have new thoughts. They just kind of are the same. And because we never have really any new thoughts or think, we just kind of keep recreating our lives over and over again. He calls it hypnotic rhythm. It's very fascinating. And unless we get woken up out of our trance, we don't begin to think differently. He woke me up out of my trance. He got me to really think about, is this what I really want to do the rest of my life? And I started reading this book called Think and Grow Rich. It's basically a philosophy that 500 of the most successful people of all time followed. There's about 14 steps. And he was talking about what successful people like Edison and Ford and Alexander Graham Bell and some of these other people had done. And, and, and I was reading it, and I'm like, they all had dreams. I was like, what is that? Like, what's a dream, right? Like, I mean, I, mean, I remember those. Like, when I was five and six, right? I had some of those, and he talked about like living your life on purpose and living through fulfillment and finding purpose through your career. I was like, how does that, like all these foreign concepts to me, I'm like, how does that even happen? And, um, and so like my left brain CPA, like literally like smoke is shooting out of my ears, man, as I'm like thinking about dreams and like, what do I want my life to look like? And I mean, be, you know, free around money and free around time and calling my own shots and do what I want. I got really excited about it. And I just looked at that, and I looked at my vehicle, and I'm like, is Anderson going to get me that ever? Is this vehicle going to get me what I want? And it's an important decision to make at that point. My favorite quote of Martin Luther King is, most men and women die at 18. We just wait till they're 65, 75, 85 to bury them. Basically, I mean, they kind of give up on what they want. They, they, you know, so I could either change the vehicle or shrink what I want inside of what I'm doing. And well, one of my wealthy mentors calls it the word settle. You settle. He calls the most offensive word in the English language, the word settle. And I, about that time, I picked up an article from the USA Today. They interviewed 1,000 people over the age of 80. And they said, if you had to do it different, what would you do? And it was shocking. I mean, they all had regrets that I would have taken more risk. I would have done this. I would have done that. And I was like, oh, man, I don't want to be that. I don't want to look back on my life going, oh, my God, if I would have only, if only. So I said, all right, I'm finding the vehicle. I'm not letting go of this dream. And it was frustrating. The entrepreneurial vehicle was a lot of money, a lot of capital, no mentoring, no systems. I was going to work more, make less. I was going to be my own boss, but I was also going to be my own bookkeeper, my own janitor, right? My own coach, my own everything. It just really frustrated me. It was it was chalk with risk. And then I said, you know what? Let's look at this thing called financial services. And I looked at some of the bigger firms because here I was telling Fortune 500 companies how to run their finance department. And my own personal finance department was a disaster. Tons of debt, spending way too much money, didn't really understand how money worked. So I went and talked to these big firms. They kept saying the same thing to me. Yeah, man, we'd love to have you. Um, just make a list of your million dollar plus clients and your friends and we'll go meet with them. I'm like, that list is a list of none. And but my mom will meet with us, right? My mom will sit down with for sure. She'll sit down with me, right? And she's got ten thousand dollars. Let's go. Not interested. I'm like, well, how can I represent you guys with all my heart if you can't even go help my own mom? 
So I was, I was turned off to it. And then uh, Trevor Jensen and it was, was uh, basically, he was frustrated. Him and Brian LaWisa were frustrated. And we started talking there at Arthur Anderson. And Trevor approached me one day and he said, hey, my brother's doing well. He started with this company 18 months ago. He's making good money. He's spending time with his family. Um, I'm out of here. And he's coming in in a couple weeks, and he's going to give a presentation. And, and so I was kind of like, yeah, I don't know, man. I was looking, and I was, I was skeptical. Has anybody ever been skeptical? What, what I find is most broke people are skeptical, unfortunately, because I was broke, and I was skeptical. But for some reason, I showed up, and Eric gave a presentation. He did a great job. He talked about helping people, which I love that. He talked about test driving, the largest industry on a planet part-time, like literally, carving out three to five to ten hours a week to get this thing going. I was like, man, that's, that's phenomenal. And he talked about this concept that literally in about 45 seconds shifted the whole direction of my life. Talk about this concept called recurring income. He said, Felton, you, bring a, you build a business like this. You wake up on January 1st and your, your revenue is greater than, you know, your recurring income is greater than your bills. You got financial independence. I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. How does that work? Right? So we are helping people. And as a result, we can get financially free by having our recurring income be greater than our bills. And so I got it. I didn't get all of it, but I got enough to take the next logical step and move forward. And, you know, we struggled. First year was a challenge because I was still working 60, 70 hours a week over there, but I just kind of took these small steps and put one foot in front of the other. I had a miraculous record that first year. I made $8,000, unbelievable, and had enough, had enough success, right, to taste the success to go full-time, um, and we did. And we went full-time. We built a great business, which I believe um, in the face of the financial adversity that we've had since 2000 is a testament to, to itself. And, and we're excited. And so from that, we have you know, a couple hundred licensed agents spread out all over the United States. We have a lot of agents that wake up on January 1st and their bills are covered by the recurring income that shows up in their lives. And we've helped thousands and thousands and thousands of people make better decisions with their money. And, and it has fulfilled that promise of getting purpose and fulfillment through a business opportunity. And that's what I want to touch on for a little bit. And I think Tony Robbins does a really good job of explaining what people are looking for. There's usually four things that people are looking for, but if they don't have steps five and six, they never really become fulfilled. And so I want to touch on that as it relates to our business opportunity. First off, people need certainty. Would you agree? People need a certain amount of certainty, just like today. If there's a high probability that that roof's going to cave in or that floor is going to crater, right? You're not having certainty. You're going to be nervous to even be sitting here. You're not going to be paying attention. We need just certainty in our life. And as it relates to our business and why people should look at it is there's a lot of certainty here. I like the certainty of you being able to pay your bills through your job, right? And, and, and doing a part-time business and getting this going with basically little or no risk. There's certainty there. There's certainty with a billion dollar money backer, right? That's who owns us. A multi-billion dollar money backer. And so many companies with our model, that does not exist. They disappear in the middle of the night. There's a certainty of our leadership team here, which is unbelievable. Okay, Certainty of multiple decades. Steve hit on it so well. Multiple decades of knowledge. And they're here. And we're engaged. And we're more excited than ever to take it to the next level. There's certainty there. There's certainty with a system. You know how many entrepreneurs search for systems that work? Right? I mean, you put $2 million in McDonald's. I just saw the numbers this week. $2 million in a McDonald's, the average net profit of a store is $150,000. People pay $2 million for that amount of certainty. We got certainty here. I think you need uncertainty. You need variety. Don't we need a little variety in our lives? Right? People do what? They jump out of airplanes. They rock climb. 
right? They, they, they go hunting, they go fishing, they want to do things that get their blood boiling. They want to have that variety and uncertainty that makes life really exciting. Well, guess what? You can get that here, right? You can with little or no risk. You can build a great business here and have that uncertainty. People want to be significant. People want to know that their life counted. They want to know that they made a difference. And you can get significance here. You look at corporate America, there's a couple guys in that C-suite that might be able to deliver on that. But I know those guys, right? I know those guys. And they aren't really certain. Yeah, they got wealthy, but they're not really certain that they made a significant impact on people around them. You can get that here. That's why it's a level playing field, man. That's why we have 18-year-olds and 90-year-olds and every nationality and every type of, I mean, it's, um, it's a, you go to our company convention, I mean, it is just a melting pot of people. It's why we have the highest percentage of female advisors by a mile in the industry. Why? Because they know they can come here, they know that they can be significant, and we're going to show them how to do it. The fourth thing that people need is they need love and connection. People need love and connection. They need it, right? You get that with your family, Hopefully, but you spend so much of your working career working with others, right? You want to get love and connection. You want to create that second family, right? And we do that here. And we're here to encourage each other and lift each other up. And it's, it's an unbelievable supportive group. I love my team. I love what we do. I love our second family. You can get that love and connection. So guess what? Through our business, you can get all four of those things. But if you miss five and six... You will never truly become fulfilled. Would you like to know what five and six is? You will never truly become fulfilled. Number one is you got to have growth. You got to be growing. And in nature, you're either growing or you're in decay. You're either growing or dying. And unfortunately, the enemy of the middle class is they are addicted to comfort. They are addicted to seeking comfort. And the challenge is in nature, there is no comfort. You don't walk up to an oak tree and say, hey, are you, are you comfortable? No, the oak tree is like, no, I'm either growing or I'm in decay mode. And the problem with a life spent seeking comfort results in an entirely uncomfortable existence. A life spent seeking comfort results in an entirely uncomfortable existence. So you plug in here, we create the environment that you're going to grow in, whether you like it or not. We are going to create the environment. And the middle class does not, they discount associations. They discount, they become who they think about, or they become who they associate with. You become what you think about, but you become who you associate with. And so it's phenomenal here that you guys associate with the Bills and the Toms and the Andes and JDs and all that stuff. And what happens is magically, and the wealthy know this, that as you become associated with those people that think big and they're financially independent and they just do things different, you become more and more like them. And you grow almost by osmosis, by association. We have that in spades here, like no other company. When I saw this almost 20 years ago, I'm like, I will never outgrow the leadership of this company. That was a phenomenal feeling, right? Because you got to grow, right? We've all heard the, the billionaires that you know, cash out of their company and, and they start partying and they go buy the yachts and then they go buy the next yacht and the next yacht and the next yacht. And they're trying to find fulfillment in stuff, right? Outside in approach to life, often fed, never satisfied. It never works. And they're not fulfilled because why? They stop growing. We're going to help you grow. The last thing, it's my favorite topic, is contribution to others. Contribution to others. If you are not contributing to others, you will never be personally fulfilled. So I want to take a little bit of time and tell you how we do that, how we contribute to others. Number one is we do it with clients. 
And uh, we do extreme financial makeovers here. You guys like extreme makeover shows, right? The before and afters. And we have thousands of them. And, and the one I often tell is my client that came to me in 2003. CPA, certified management account, super sharp lady, unbelievable, wanted help with her money. Her IQ's up here, mine's down here. And uh, we sat down, and she was my first client that said, hey, it's, it's 2003, March of 2012, I'm retiring, I'm out of here, and you're my guy. So I said, I'm all in, sister. So we started working together. I started working on her mentality around money. I started working on the how-tos and the solutions, and she avoided the downturn in 08. It was, was unbelievable for her. And we got her to March of 2012, and she had happy hour at work with her friends, and then she had happy hour with her financial advisor. And I sat down with her, and I looked her in the eye, and I said, Tanya, you will never, ever, ever, ever run out of money. You will never, ever run out of money. We just made sure of that. And, uh, and, I, and she takes three or four cruises a year, and I always know when she's on a cruise, when I dial into my email early in the morning, I have a four-page email of what she did that day. <laughs> right? Just going, boom, this is what I did. And, oh, my God, unbelievable. And she's telling me all the stuff that she's doing, right? And it's, it's unbelievable. And I saw her just a couple months ago, and I sat down with Tanya. I'm like, man, I'm like, you've had a lot of fun. Six and a half years you've been retired, sister. It's unbelievable, isn't it? Yeah. Do you know all that money you've pulled out? You have more money today than you did when you started. Is that unbelievable? And she looked at me. She said, man, I've got peace around money. Do you know what that's like? And I'm like, I do. <laughs> I do. I'm very fortunate that I got introduced to business opportunities, created that for me and my family. I had a mentor a long time ago, man. We always think about you know, Maslow's hierarchy of needs and that whole self-actualization thing that basically we're all striving to become better versions of ourselves, right? We all hope to get there one day. And they just said, until you get money behind you, meaning you got enough so you don't even have to think about it, and you're in your past struggle, until you get money behind you, you will never know how good you can be. And so I know what that looks like. What it's done for me personally, um, it, it, it broke the cycle of poverty that's existed in my family for hundreds of years. That's what it did. Absolutely did. On my dad's side, my dad was broke. Broke, 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 broke. Mom's side, broke, 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 broke. Guess where this guy was going? Didn't matter what my career looked like, I was going to follow suit. It got me to think different. It woke me up out of my hypnotic trance. It started me, you know, starting to dream again. It did amazing things for me. And guess what? That's leaked into my kids. They think different. What I've learned here, I've taught my kids, they do different, they act different. I'm so proud of them. What's happened to our marriage? Um, uh, Billy Graham, it's a quote in uh, Steve uh, Siebold's book. He said, you know, once you get your attitude straight around money, it's going to help straighten out every area in your life. And I can't tell you how much of, of a different guy I am than the 28-year-old that was sitting there. It's leveled up my spiritual life significantly. It's changed my health significantly. It's changed my relationships significantly. We make a difference for other people, guys. It's unbelievable. Um, I uh, like clockwork. You know, what we do for our agents is unbelievable. And as I was getting ready for this talk, I didn't really make it known what I was going to talk about. But I actually had one of, one of my agents email me this last week, like clockwork. There's no such things as coincidence. And she said, with her uh, permission, um, I, I can share this. But she said, uh, when, you talk about just, uh, when you talk about how just being a part of a company changes lives, I wanted to share this with you. I've dealt with depression since I was 17, and I've struggled with suicide issues most of my life. And with the tools I've learned from the company, books, podcasts, my own spiritual growth and recommendations from all the leaders in the office, I don't deal with it anymore. 
I don't take meds anymore, and I don't have those thoughts anymore. Also, my husband and I were on the brink of divorce about three years ago, and through counseling and the tools from Wealthwave, we truly are stronger than we've ever been. Lastly, we paid off about 15000 in credit card debt and a car note of $8,000. I don't think we really truly knew what having so much credit card debt does to our mind and our marriage. One day I'd like to share this story publicly, but for now, I want you to know the impact Wealthwave has had on our lives. Thank you for your dedication and perseverance, and I hope this puts another brick in the wall of your mission. That's what we do, guys. Hey, 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 guys, this is more than a business. It's a ministry. We'll coin it. Business. I don't know. It's a business, right? I mean, I don't, I don't know. Hashtag business. But, uh, right? And then what we do in our communities. I mean, in uh, Douglas County, which, you know, people think is pretty wealthy county. Rising cost of living. Um, suburban poverty is the fastest growing percentage of poverty in the United States today. It's not the slums. It's suburban poverty, right? People raise their lifestyles up and, you know, something happens to their breadwinner. Somebody gets sick and all of a sudden those, those families are in trouble. And so we, we, our, our team has adopted a local charity called Secor. And I didn't understand that in some of these families, one in six kids, when they go home on the weekend, they're scared to go home on the weekend because they don't eat. So I've just made it official Thursday. Our team, we're adopting our first school, okay? And we're going to put money, and we're going to pack food, and we're going to make sure these kids go home on the weekend, right? And they don't have to worry about not eating, right? We're going to take care of that stuff. And our company has a foundation that's going to match every single dollar that we contribute. And we do that stuff, our company, all over the United States. It does not get talked about near enough. The good that we do, it's unbelievable. And so that's what this company is about, man. And it, it fulfilled its promise to me that I was going to be part of a business that was going to be purpose-driven, and it was going to provide fulfillment for me. And that's what I want for you guys. That's why I'm here today. I want that for everybody. But most people stop at those first four steps, and they, they seek for security, and they miss steps five and six. We're going to show you how to do that, right? One of my good friends joined me. Uh, been my buddy since high school for 18 years. I'm like, why are you here, man? Like, you've got plenty of money and you're a successful entrepreneur. And he's like, dude, I've been around you and your team. I don't know what you're all drinking, but like, you're 47. I'm for you are juiced. You're excited. You're passionate. Like, I want more of that, brother. I want to live on purpose. I want to be a part of that. And I'm I'm just grateful, man. I'm grateful for our team. I'm grateful for Scott and, and Trevor and Brian and Bill and Tom that you guys stuck with it. You guys took a risk to make this stuff happen. Um, I'm grateful for our clients. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm just, there's just a lot of gratitude. But probably the, one of the persons I'm most grateful for is my 28-year-old self that was sitting in that room. And, you know, everybody wants opportunity to ride in on a blimp with a big old sign. This is it. This is it. This is it. That's why most people don't get it. And all I saw was kind of a glimmer of hope. And I just latched onto that glimmer of hope. And I'm just grateful that 28-year-old Chris Felton chose to not look at the obstacles, chose not to look at fear, chose not to look at doubt. He just grabbed onto a little glimmer of hope and took the first step that forever changed his family tree. And I'm grateful for that guy. And guess what, if you're listening, that can happen for you. And I can speak for the team of leadership of Wealthwave. We will help you do it. Thank you. 
Thanks for listening to Leadership Now, the official podcast of Wealthwave. If you like our show and you want to know more, check out wealthwave.com forward slash podcast, or you can leave us a review on iTunes. Join us each week as we talk about the topics you'll need to help you grow as an entrepreneur and succeed in the financial business with Wealthwave.